Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Josh Locke. I'm one of the elders here, and I have the privilege of leading our, our next uh, message in our series called Knowing God by Name. Um, so th- this series, we've been learning about God in a way that we can call on him, that we, we can call on, it, call on him in our moment of need. You know, I, I thought about this. You can know someone, but to pick up the phone and call them is a totally different story. Right? I don't know about you, I don't really like talking to people on the phone. Is there anyone else in here who's in that category? Thank you for the honesty. But when you, when you call someone, there's a level of, of like intimacy that's there. So uh, that, that's what we're talking about today. You know, there's power when we are walking through a situation where we need healing and we call on Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Or we, we feel alone and we call on Jehovah Shama, that God is present, that God is there with us. And when we study these names, we, we know God just in a deeper way, and we can stand on his promises, right? Because these names are all in the word. This is scripture we're talking about, and we have the ability to stand on these promises. So we're doing this series because God deserves it, right? God deserves us to just study him and know who he is more, and also because there's just such power as we, as we look at, at who he is. So today, we're talking about the name Jehovah Shalom, which is the Lord is peace, right? Now, peace is one of those things that I think we kind of all get. We, we kind of all have an understanding of what peace is. I think you could probably picture maybe a peaceful situation or a peaceful time in your life, and we've probably seen the other side as well when we don't have peace, right? When there's worry or whatever it is. But when you look at the definition, it's a huge variation. It, it's, you know, not being at war to a greeting, to a tranquil, calm, restful place. The biblical definition is the exact same, right? We see there's peace in war. Paul signs all of his letters, grace and peace to you. Um, and we see the, the idea of peace in, in the Bible. So just so we level set and understand what we're talking about here with peace. Um, Thomas LeBlanc is a theologian, and he said, for, when he's talking about peace, know that for peace, the Hebrew word is shalom, which signifies not only peace but also perfection, wholeness, prosperity, tranquility, healthfulness, safety, and the completion and consummation of every good thing. And, you know, we know the other side of peace as well. There's worry, there's fear, there's stress, doubt, anxiety. How many of us have felt one of those things before, right? We, we all kind of get both sides of this. When you look at the Old Testament and New Testament, the word peace is the exact same. The the Greek and the Hebrew, it means the same thing. And so we're introduced to this name of God, Jehovah Shalom, in the book of Judges by a character named Gideon. So some context of what's going on here, Israel is basically doing two things. They're following God and things go well, and they follow the world and things go bad. And they just go back and forth between the two, and they tend to do following the world more. And that's what's happened here. Right up to this point, they've been led by this judge named Deborah, who led Israel to follow the Lord. And they had 40 years of peace. That sounds good. And here we are in Judges 6. And the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in the mountain clefts, in caves and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land, and they ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel. 
neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. And they came, uh, came with their livestock and their tents, like the swarms of locusts, and it was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it, and Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. So this is the backdrop of our story here. It does not sound very peaceful, right? This is a fear-filled time that Israel is experiencing. So they cry out to the Lord. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. Not exactly what they would want to hear, right? That, that's not a great thing. Basically, the prophet says, you messed up, right? So here we are. This is the story of Gideon. And the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak of Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abzerite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress to keep it from the Midianites. Right, if you recall from a couple verses, Israel had to hide. They were hiding in the mountains. They had to hide their food. They had to hide their crops. So he's hiding in a wine press to thresh wheat. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all of his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us to the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord said, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. And Gideon replied, If I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please don't go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. So the Lord said, I will wait for your return. When Gideon realized, oh, excuse me, Gideon went ahead, or went inside, prepared a young goat and an ehuf of flour. He made bread without yeast and putting the meat in the basket and its broth in a pot, he brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. And the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on the rock and pour out the broth. So Gideon did so. And the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. And so Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it stands in Ophrah of the Abzerites. So Gideon creates this altar, Jehovah Shalom. And we see he has this encounter with God. He experiences God, and it's so, the peace he feels is so profound that he sets up this altar to memorialize it. Or do you think Gideon was afraid? He, he, he thought he was actually going to die. There was a belief that if you encountered uh, an angel or the Lord, that you would die. Uh, so the, the Lord says peace to him. And also, Gideon has this just over, overall fear that's just permeating the land. They're hiding. They're having to hide their food. There's insecurity in that. So there's just this level of fear. And yet, Gideon has this experience of peace. And if we fast forward through his life, we can see that very night, Gideon goes and he destroys the false gods 
in, in his town. Now, this is a big deal. We may not recognize it, but people were mad. They, they actually were going to kill him. Uh, they didn't, but they, they had wanted to. And then later on, Gideon creates this army where he defeats the Midianites. You, you might know the story. He had 32,000, which was a pretty good-sized army. Not enough, but pretty good size. And God takes that army and says, this is too many people. And he brings it down to 300. And then they go, they surprise the enemy, and they defeat them with, with just a, a small group of people. And later, Gideon brings peace to Israel for 40 years. So some takeaways I have from this verse, some thoughts I have. God's peace is profound. God's peace propelled Gideon forward to do, to do these amazing things. You heard him in this story. He was afraid the whole time. He kept questioning it and stopping it, and he does that through his life. Even, even to do those, those accomplishments, he does that. God's peace is profound, and his, God's peace allows us to accomplish what we're called to do. Right? Gideon had a calling. That's what the Lord said, mighty warrior. He had a calling, and God, God's peace allowed him to do that. And God's peace meets us regardless of our circumstance. So I have a story from my life um, where I experienced peace. So earlier this year, one of my kids, uh, my son's got a concussion. He hit his head when we were sledding, and um, he got a concussion. It, it turned into this, like, brain, this tick where he did things with his eyes. It was very alarming. And we, um, we, you know, we took him to the ER, not a concern. We took him to the doctor, took him to specialists uh, to, to help. And one of the things they said to do was to do a, a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. That's what this is right here. So for context, this is about eight feet long. Um, that you go into this, it's pressurized, it's an oxygen-rich environment, and it, it allows the oxygen to get where it needs to go for, for healing brain injuries. I'm not a doctor, but this is what they said that would help. So we said, great, let's do it. Now, my kids are not big, not a problem, but they're too little to go by themselves, so they need an adult to go with them. Great, that's what my wife would do. My wife's done this before. She was an aide for one of her cousins and had done this, but she was pregnant uh, with her daughter, so she couldn't do it. So guess who got to go into the hyperbaric chamber? I did, right? And I'm not thinking much of it. I'm not claustrophobic. I know, I know you're thinking he must be claustrophobic. I'm not, um, but... There's nothing about this tube that's very big, and there's nothing about me that is very small, right? So I'm not thinking about this, but I have to get in with my son, who's also thinking, this is really weird, right? This is, this is strange. So I get in, I'm laying down, it's kind of like flapped over us because it, it's not inflated, and right before the doctor zips us in, she hands me this device and says, this is a panic button. You press this if you need to get out, and I will, it will cause an alarm, and I will come, and I will uh, depressurize it and open it up. It will take me a couple minutes, but I'll get you out. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I didn't know there was a need for a panic button. And so I start to panic. And she zips it up, and I'm seeing her through the little window, closing these like belt buckles over it. And I'm just thinking to myself, I cannot get out of here myself. And I'm, I'm in here. I cannot get out. And my heart is beating out of my chest. I am, I am full-on panicked. I'm sweating. I'm, you know, I, I am panicked here. And I'm trying to keep it cool because my son is also thinking, this is really weird that we're in this thing. So I'm in this, this air coffin, and I'm just trying to, to calm myself. And I just put my head down, and I just pray. And, I, and I'm like, God, I need you right now. I need your peace 
I need you, God. I, I said a verse, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, which is something we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but I'm, I'm just putting my head down, and I am just praying. And, you know, we're, we're supposed to be in this tube for an hour, right? So, in, and I'm not kidding, 15 seconds in, I'm ready to, to full-on explode. So, I was able to get through it. I was able to go through this, this process. I saw the tick that, my, that happened to my son. It stopped in there, which is just wild, right? It's working. And guess what? I went in it a second time. I did this twice. And I was able to do this because God met me in that place with his real, tangible peace. It was profound. Now listen, my situation did not change at all. Gideon's situation did not change at all. Gideon was still in this this culture of fear. The Midianites was still a huge army. They were still stealing their food. I was still in a coffin, right? I was still stuck in this thing. My situation didn't change, but it was the Father's presence that made the difference for me. It was God who met me in that that place. It was God who met Gideon. That was what allowed Gideon to do what he needed to do. And God's presence brings a peace that doesn't make sense, a peace that we, we cannot understand. And Shiloh, if you are here today and you are needing peace for whatever situation you're going through, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace, is available. He is ready to meet you. And I don't know if your situation will change. Uh, It may, it may not. But I know that God will meet you in the place that you're at, and it's his presence that makes the difference in your life. It's his presence that will bring the peace that you need. And today, after service there will be an opportunity for you to come and to pray. And there will be people here who will pray with you to experience that peace. And we know God will meet us in that place. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. I think of this, his names, God's names, they're part of his nature. God can't not be peace. That is his nature, who he is. And God's presence will make the difference. So his presence came to us in a much more even profound way than Gideon had experienced. And it happened hundreds of years later. And it's when Jesus came on the scene. It's when the Prince of Peace entered the world, where Jesus brought his peace to us. Right? And his peace through the blood on the cross. So when Jesus entered the scene, everything changed. He He brought a different kind of peace. Right? His peace. Not just the peace that we might think about his peace. By his blood. And it was something that the world had never experienced before. Romans 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. That we have peace with God is different. It's not something that Gideon had before. Before Jesus came... The way that you made peace with God was to take an animal and to kill it and to sacrifice it over and over and over and over again. But when Jesus came and was that sacrifice, we now had peace with God. It says that we have gained access by faith. There was a distance between God and Gideon, God and anyone in the world. And when Jesus came, that distance was gone. There was no more separation between us and the Father. And it's God's presence that makes the difference for us. 
God's presence, the Jehovah Shalom, it's his presence that makes the difference. So how do we move forward with this? What, what do we take away from this? You know, I believe that, that God is, is wanting to speak to us today, that he wants us to experience the peace that he has to offer. And maybe you've never experienced peace with God before. You know, maybe that's a foreign concept for you where you've, you've never experienced peace with God, that, that salvation that we get. And peace with God comes from giving control of our life to him. You know, Pastor Greg has used this before, that we, we put God on the throne of our life, right? We allow God to take the steering wheel in our life. And when we do that and we give God control, we experience peace because that, that all comes from trust, from trusting God, we'll experience this peace. Uh, Isaiah 40 tells us that God's ways are higher than our ways, and God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So if you're hearing this today, I want to extend an invitation to you that God is saying there's an opportunity to experience peace with him, to have peace with God. And if, if that is you, then I'm going to invite you to come up after service, and we will pray with you to walk you through that. Because Jehovah Shalom is no longer distant or separate. He is now here. And it's his presence that makes the difference for peace. So maybe you identified with me. Maybe you identified with my heart and my, or my situation where I'm, I'm panicked. Or maybe you have uh, a circumstance that's just anxiety-ridden. Or you're afraid. Or there's something going on in your life. You're really stressed out. You know, if that's you, I believe that God wants to meet you in this place today. That God wants you to, to know that his presence will make the difference and that he will show up and allow you to experience that, that true peace. So if that's you, after service, I'm going to invite you to come up and we would love to pray with you. And then lastly, if you are thinking, I'm good, I, I feel fine, that, nothing, nothing major going on, that's great. But I believe that God has a challenge for us. I'm not a real challenging person, but I, I felt really strongly impressed that God is calling us to be prepared, to be ready. When we looked at the story of Gideon, after he had that experience, he made this altar to memorialize it, to remember Jehovah Shalom. Right? He, he went and he did something to, to remember it. So I believe God is calling us today to be prepared, to be ready, because life comes at us. We will have situations where we need God's peace, and we want something that we can look to to point us to God. So something that I, that I did when I was in the hyperbaric chamber was I said this verse, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So I'm sitting in this, this tube, and I'm saying this prayer to God. I'm saying, God, I am, I am panicked, but your word says not to worry, but instead to pray. So I'm coming to you, Father, and I am praying. Tell God what you need. I need to get out of here, but I need you to help me to be able to get through this, God. And thank you for all that you've done for me. Right? Thinking back to times when God has met me before. And then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. I like, I like equations in the Bible. And what I mean by that is God's word, I believe, stands forever. 
Uh, Isaiah 40, I think Isaiah 43 says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. And his word says this. It says to not worry. Okay, hard to do. That's step A or step one. Step two, instead pray. Okay, I'm going to pray about my situation. Step three, tell God what you need. Okay, God, here's what I need. Step four, thank you for all you've done. And all of that equals experiencing God's peace. And, you know, I, I stand on God's word. I believe it. If God's word says it, this is what will happen. This is what will happen. And you can stand on this. You can stand on this. And I love this picture that his peace will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. I just love that picture that God's peace is not passive, but it's active, that it goes and it guards us as we go forward. So God, God wants us to be prepared. How do we set up these altars? What are some things that we can do? So th- these are some things that I think we can set up an altar and be ready to have something to look to to point us back to, to God. So first thing, write down times when God has met you, times when God has been faithful. Tell other people about times when God has, has been faithful to you. You know, when you say something out loud, when you're telling people a story about how God has been faithful, it helps them and it helps you. It helps you. It solidifies it in your heart. So write those things down. Put it in a journal. Um, I, I think, I, I was trying to think of an example for this in, in my life. And I just remember when I was in college, in the first couple of years of college, I just really walked away from the Lord. I just didn't do anything. And I, I just really was not obedient and faithful at all. And it took a lot of heartbreak and it took a lot of um, changes in my life uh, to break me, to get me to that point. And I can just, I can remember being in my room, just crying out to God, just sad, upset, a- alone, and just asking God to forgive me. And I, I can picture it in my mind so clearly, God met me in that place and brought me his peace and walked me through that. And that will always be something that I can go back to and say, I know, God, you were there with me. Something else we can do is memorize scripture. These are a couple. There's plenty of, of scriptures you can look, look up. But I will tell you that I would have been pressing that panic button had I not known Philippians 4, 6 through 7. I, I would not have been able to do it. Um, I, I had to have that verse. But I, I went to God's word. I clung to it, and God met me there. It reminded me of his promise. It reminded me of, of who he is, and God met me with his presence in that place. Uh, find a song. I think sometimes music has a way of just reminding us and pointing us back to, to God. I, th- I think music can do to do that for us. So find a song that talks about peace. Find a song that will point your eyes to God. It is well with my soul. That, that's one I think of. Uh, we sang a song that was close to this as well. That, that is great. But maybe a song is what you need to set up that altar and to point you to, to Jesus. And lastly, p- pray scripture. You know, I, I've said this before. This is my soapbox. I'm sorry. But I think there's no more powerful thing we can do that, that we can say to God than to say his own words back to him and to take his word and to say, God, your word says that I will experience peace that doesn't make sense when I do these things. And God is faithful. He will, he will 100% meet you in that place. So if you are hearing this today and you you want to experience peace with God, maybe for the first time, maybe you don't know, this is your opportunity that God is extending an invitation to you 
to know Jehovah Shalom, the God, the Lord is peace. Come up and pray. If you need peace in your life right now, if you need it for whatever situation you're in, it, it, it doesn't matter. Come up and let's pray and let's ask God. Your situation may change. It may not change right away. It may not change at all. But the difference will be that God is with you, that he will be with you as you walk through it. And for the rest of us, you have a challenge. God is saying you have work to do. Set up an altar. Be prepared. Be prepared. Find something to point you back to Jesus. Let's pray. So Lord, I thank you, God, that you are Jehovah Shalom. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, I thank you that your presence makes the difference and that you bring peace in the midst of our circumstance, that it doesn't matter what is happening, you are able to bring peace that doesn't make sense to us. We are grateful for that, Lord. So today, as as our body thinks and processes and listens to the Holy Spirit, God, would you speak to them and would you let your words come through? Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Jesus that we have peace with God through you, that we have access to the Father through you. Thank you that there's no more distance between us and God, and that, God, your presence will make all the difference in our lives. So, Lord, we welcome you. We love you. I pray that you would be with our body this week, Lord. Protect them, watch over them. Speak truth, speak love to them, God. Thank you that you are always with us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you would like Pete, if you'd like prayer for anything, please come up. We would love to pray with you. Have a great week, everyone.